Hi, welcome to the Young Adulting with Jesus podcast. I am your host, Kevin Duguay. Following Jesus is the best decision you could ever make, but let's face it, it can be really hard and really confusing. Christians always talk about doing life for Jesus, but in this podcast, we're going to wrestle with what it looks like to do life with Jesus. This is Young Adulting with Jesus. Welcome to the first official episode of Young Adulting with Jesus and not just listening to me talk, so it'll be a lot more fun today. We have some guests on here, and I'll let them introduce themselves. My name's Corbin. I'm a senior here at MACU. I'm from Oklahoma City. I was born and raised here my whole life Mm. in the 405, and I'm happy to be here. Uh, Hey, I'm Kendall. Um, I'm a junior, I think, here at MACU studying ministry leadership, and I'm from North Carolina. North Carolina. My name is Sydney. I am a sophomore at MACU. Um, I'm also studying ministry leadership with a youth ministry concentration. Um, and I am from Texas. Go bigger, go home. Yeehaw. Spoken like a true Texan. <laughs> I also, don't forget, I play volleyball here. Yeah, you do. I can't forget. Yeah, you do. Yeah. So I don't like Texas. Just kidding. No, so no, no. Okay. I like Texas. I don't like driving through Texas. Mm, Correct. Because I feel like everyone's trying to kill me. Correct. And you know what? We don't like when other people drive through Texas. Yeah, but like literally I drove through a 55 and people were going 90. Uh I was like trying to keep up at 75 and I'm like, bro, I have to like at some point. I'm telling you, like go big or go home. Like (laughs) literally go big or get back home. Go fast or die. Facts. (laughs) That's what it feels like. Um, Kendall, Kendall, I don't know if you guys knew this. Kendall served in the Navy for six years. Come on. Yeah. Yep. But I, 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 I like telling people that, um, hey, Kendall, the 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 young lady who plays keyboards in the worship team, she's ex-military. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. that sounds way cooler. Yeah, yeah. No, no, like, Navy's cool. But, like, yeah. when you say, like, I'm ex-military, you immediately assume, like, you know what I, I mean? Am, like, yeah. you, the, no, like I remember Navy when SEALs. I was stalking your Instagram when we first followed each other, and I was like, whoa, she was in the military. Yes. Yeah. I know. Everyone always assumes, like, Maddie Lice... Or Maddie Ice. Maddie Ice. (laughs) She did that with no hesitation. (laughs) To give context, Maddie Ice is a student at Mid America Christian University. His name is Matthew Helton. Everyone calls him Maddie Ice. But you call him Maddie Lice. Uh, Well, he introduced himself as that one time. And (laughs) it's just, it caught on ever since. But he says that I'm a Navy SEAL. And I'm like, please don't. We're all going to call you SEAL. You're you're the first SEAL. Have there been female Navy SEALs? There haven't. You're the wow. first one. There's not. <laughs> yeah. You're the first one. And that's when you tell saying. people until me. Yeah, yeah. right. So yeah. No. So we have Kendall here. She's ex-military. Um, she's yep. going to help us navigate through life with Jesus. Um, hey, we're going to start with this question that's going to help kind of navigate us through the topic for today, which, by the way, uh, today's episode, we're wrestling with the question, what am I doing with my life? Right, something young adults never wrestle with. And so, but to just kind of kick it off, what... When you guys were little kids, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, I'll go first. I wanted to be a marine biologist. Come on. Interesting. What? Why are you laughing, Navy girl? I'm sorry. Was... Wow. Bro, the ocean was your life. No, yeah, it's cool. No, okay. <laughs> okay. You know what? Wow. I, I'm here like, this is a vulnerable, safe space. We're all going to be authentic. And I get a <laughs> when I tell people. No, because like I, I still do love the ocean, but I, I was just super into ocean animals. Aquariums were like my favorite place, and I'm nowhere near smart enough to be a marine biologist or anything with the title biologist. <laughs> <laughs> 
could be a core. What did you want to be? Dude, I wanted to be anyone who knows me knows this. Like I wanted to be a professional baseball player. Facts. Mm-hmm. And then once reality set in, bro, I, I realized that like that was a pipe dream. I heard you were like not not kidding, really good. Nah, no. You're had, really modest. You're really modest. Though. I had no yeah. chance. But, so I once, did not know that. Yeah, no. Once, Corbin's a really good athlete. Once I got into high school, I was like, I want to be a firefighter, and I was serious about oh, it. Oh wow. Yeah. And so I was like looking at fire school and stuff, but then God let me here. So praise God. Hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. Kendall? Um, I always wanted to go into the medical field. Um, wow. Specifically, I wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. Holy uh, moly. Yeah. So my dad, for a long time, he had a lot of like spinal issues. He still does sometimes. Um, mm. But growing up with that, him constantly like in and out of surgeries, I was like, I want to be one of the people who does this. Um but then I was kind of like you, where anything with the word surgeon attached to it, I was like, no, there's no yeah. way. Um, so I ended up going into the medical field, but as, like, bottom-rate military, uh, I wasn't a surgeon, obviously. That would have been um, insane. A military surgeon. Crazy. Eh. You know, my, my dad um, served in the Army as a um, heli, res- heli rescue, and he was just a um, just a medic during the Gulf War. And so, yeah. That's kind of what I did whenever I was in. I was um, aerospace medicine, which is basically... That's a- so epic sounding. <laughs> That's awesome. Really- oh, yeah, I was aerospace medicine. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Like, I was a server at Olive Garden. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's my previous experience. <laughs> no hate to Olive Garden. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so... That's was, really cool. Yeah. Wow. Orthopedic surgery, like... That is not like your typical, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be an orthopedic surgeon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's really sweet, though. Like, it comes from a place of you saw your dad, like, suffering in that way. Wow. Sydney, what did you want to be? Yeah, um, so I also wanted to go into the medical field. Holy moly. Like, straight up, I wanted to be a doctor so bad. Why, though? The only reason was Let's because I wanted to wear scrubs. Mm. <laughs> Very comfortable. <laughs> the only reason, because I thought they looked so cool. I was like, oh, that doctor, look at those scrubs today. Those are so dope. Like, I want some of those, you know? That's the only reason why. That's cool. So I did end up drawing a picture of it and put it on our fridge. Mm-hmm. And it looked really good. It was like some nice, like, turquoise scrubs. That's really funny. Yeah. Wow. And then when I came here on my visit, I was like, oh, I want to go into kinesiology. Like, I want exercise science. Yeah. No exercise no. science at Mackey. None, zero. None. Zip. You yeah. know, they're, they're trying to start a nursing program here. Yes. That's going to start hopefully in August 2025, mm-hmm. which is really yeah. cool. Yeah. And then shortly after <clears throat> I committed to play volleyball here, mm-hmm. I was like, well, what am I supposed to study? And when I applied to Mackey, because I had applied to come on my official visit, I put criminal justice because mm. I was like, they don't have ex- exercise science. What am I supposed to put? And then like two months later, it's when I had accepted my call into ministry. And I was like, okay, wow. Hallelujah. That's so cool. I didn't know that. No, wow. That's really cool. Um, well, cool, guys. And do you guys, so you guys kind of already talked about it, that like you're in like a different place or even, actually all of you guys are ministry majors, aren't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So isn't it funny like you had this expectation going in and even a desire? Um, well, let me ask you, are you guys, any of you disappointed that it didn't work out that way or? Not at all. No? No, I... For me, like, I, and even just coming to Mackey in general, I was like, I'm never going to Mackey. My parents went here. That's the story of so a lot of people I, who end up going to Mackey. Like, if, <laughs> if I could, like, have an, a conversation with 15-year-old Corbin, like, he would be disappointed, I feel like. Dang. But me now, I'm like, no. This is, this is 
God, this was God's like. You think so? This was God's plan. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, do you guys feel like that also, like in some way, or? It's. Uh, I think I've talked to you about this before, yeah. but it's kind of wild thinking that like just a year ago I was in the military and living a completely different life than I am now. Um, and that, you know, I felt the call to ministry and then did an internship and got out of the military and moved here and blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's just, it's been such a drastic change from just even like nine, 10 months ago. I was a completely different person than I am now being here in Oklahoma and at MACU, you know, so. Yeah. I remember Corbin and I got to do an internship at the um, YMCA right down the street. And one of the men we met, he's a daily there. Like, he mm-hmm. spends every day there. He does his prayer time there. He journals oh, wow. there. I mean, like, just an amazing old man. Um, his name is John. He was the sweetest guy ever. Shout out to John. Yeah, shout, shout out, out John. John. And um, I, they, so it was last spring, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And this was the first time I had ever told my entire story of being called into ministry. Wow. Was when I sat down with John one day. And I remember at the end of the conversation, I told him, I said, I do not regret going into ministry and I cannot see myself studying anything else whatsoever. Because, and I was only three quarters of the way into my freshman year of college and I was already saying that with confidence. There was wow. no hesitation when I said it. And he was like, yeah. that's that's really inspiring. And um, I had gotten up and we finished our conversation and I left. And the next time I saw him the next week, he had this whole folder for me of Bible verses. Oh, he wow. wrote me a letter. Oh, wow. He was like super oh. encouraging. He challenged me. He had all these questions where he was like, think about this. When you were baptized, like going back to when I was 16 and I was baptized in my church and I was like, I've known you for like two weeks, man. But it was super, super cool. And when I said that, I was like, I walked away and I came back here and I was talking to, I think one of my roommates and I was like, I can't believe I just said that. Like it just came out and I'm like, I completely agree with it. I can't see myself studying anything else anymore. Wow. Do you feel like, do you guys feel like though there was a sense of mourning, like not meeting the expectation or desire at any point? Kendall says no, some of you say yes. Okay. I kind of think, I mean, like, I've, I've been raised in a church. Right. But I never saw myself going into ministry. Right. And I, I remember when my youth pastors first started challenging, my youth pastors are the reason I want to go into youth ministry, but... When they first started challenging me into, like, what do you think about when you're on stage? What do you think about, like, like you just look like you're throwing a big old party on Wednesday nights. Like, you look like you're having so much fun. And they were like, have you ever thought about ministry? And I was like, no. Immediately, no. I can't do that. I can't get on stage and I can't talk like that in front of people, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and then, like, I had that, like, nudge in my heart where it was like, it's not about you. Yeah. Whatsoever. But when I first said that, I was like, I don't want to go into ministry. Like, I want to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so essentially there was a little bit of a little mourning process, a grieving sure. process where I was like, man, I really wanted to do exercise science because right. I love being athletic. I love competing. I love think, look, thinking about my body. And when I mm-hmm. when I fall on the floor in volleyball and I get back up, I'm like, oh, well, that kind of hurts. My gluteus maximus. Right, like, right, I just, right, you know, right. just <laughs> fell on my patella bone. Like, <laughs> you know, like right. those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, so there was a little bit of a grieving process for me, but I wouldn't necessarily say it happened for very long. Okay. Now I'm just curious. Um, I had this thought actually, um, eating lunch today before walking here to the studio. 
I was thinking about the, this thing, like God never fails us, right? We hear that in church all the time. Um, what if he does, but for our benefit, you know what I'm saying? Like we, when, when he, when we talk about God failing or not failing, like, what do we even mean by that? If we mean he is not meeting me where I want to be or what I want to do, and if, because that can be failure, right, for us, but what if that's a good thing? Yeah. <laughs> like, I always say, like, I'm really glad I never lived up to my expectations growing up. I never, I'm, I'm so glad I didn't become what I wanted to be when I was younger mm-hmm. or just, like, lived up to what people thought I should be. Like, I'm so glad. Um, so with this question, like, what am I doing with my life? I mean, how have you guys in this season of your life been wrestling with that question? Because I, I know just talking to you all individually, this is something you've been and probably still are wrestling with. Yeah. Kendall, you look like you want to talk. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> um, I know for me, God has already, obviously he's already told me like he wants me to go into ministry, Mm -hmm. but he's also told me specifically to go into outreach and missions. And so it's so, it's so peaceful knowing like what God created me for um, specifically. And I don't know where that's going to be yet. I don't even know if I'm going to graduate from MacU. Like I just came to MacU to take a couple of Bible classes and now I'm on the track to like actually get a degree. But I don't know where I'm going after. I don't know if it's traveling the world or if it's right down the the street. I I really have no idea. But it's just, it's whenever you put all of your trust and you put the future, like your future plans in his hands and you can just give it to him, the peace that comes with it is just surmountable. Like it's just, Mm -hmm. I I don't know how to explain it. Um, For a long time, whenever I was getting out of the Navy, um, there was a lot of like, my life is about to change because, uh, there's a big transition from military life back to civilian life. And, um, it was, it was really hard. But then once I did my internship, I got called into ministry and then I did my internship and then I got called into, um, outreach and missions. It was like, like, I'm so, I'm so cool right now. Like, this is so good knowing, like, it's just, it's peace that passes understanding, Yeah. you know? So, um, that's where I'm at right now. I have no idea where I'm going. Um, but I know God's got my back. So. Amen. Um, I want to challenge you a little bit, Kendall. Okay. Um, no, no, like not, I'm not saying like anything you said was wrong or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> but I'm, I'm hoping this will encourage you and others listening. So. God may have given you gifts for that ministry. God may have given you a specific calling to that ministry. But I want to lovingly challenge you and say, God did not create you for that ministry. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to mix up purpose and like the plan God may have specifically for vocational ministry. Because here's the thing. Who are you if you don't end up doing that? True. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. like that's not to take away anything you just said either. Like that passion, the giftings, the desire, all that comes from God. I believe that. Um, but I pray that that never becomes your purpose. Yeah. For your sake. <clears throat> I um one of the, my favorite Bible verse of like all time is mm-hmm. Ephesians 2:10 which is for we are created in God's handiwork, created yeah. in Christ Jesus to do his good works. Yeah. Um which he prepared in advance for us to do. 
And that's like the verse that I live by. Um, Even before I was called into outreach and missions, because it says in the verse, Mm -hmm. like you were created to do his good work. So whenever I think about being called into outreach and missions, like, yes, that's why, that's why I said, like, that's what God created me to do vocationally, but also we are called to help the least of these. Amen. Um, So that's, I kind of see it in both ways. So I'm glad that you did say that because I don't know where I would be or what kind of person I would be if I had this like expectation about like, I'm going to go out and help people and that's going to be my job. And then it ends up not happening. Right. Um, but just knowing that that's what we're supposed to do as Christians in general, of course, um, just to love people and help people in need, then like that's that's enough for me as well, right? So. And that and that and what you're saying is like we're operating off of the kingdom of heaven's economy of like this is what humans are supposed to do, like mm-hmm. serve one another, um, making sure that there is always enough and that we are taking care of those around us. And like when God made Adam and Eve and all humans to be like co-rulers with God. That is how he was going to, and we were supposed to exercise our power with God, is to take care of people. Mm. So I, I love that you said that. <laughs> but um, how about you, Corb? I know you and I have had personal discussions over this, but like, why, why don't you tell us like how you've been wrestling with this this past year as a senior in college? Yeah, yeah. It's funny you said co- co-rulers with God, because um, I just thought of a verse about that, but yeah, like, what am I doing with my life? I think for the longest time I thought of it as, like, my job, my career, yeah. what what I was going to do, and less about who I was. And, like, I say that in terms of just, like, you know, what's God's plan for my life? God, yes. like, what do you want? What do you, what do you want me to do? Who do you want me to be with? Where do you want me to do it? And all I and just all the, like, little details. But in the past year, and just, honestly, my time at Mackey especially, I think that, God's kind of switched because that was my, that was my view of His will. When someone said God's will, that's what I would think of. I, I think it's fair that almost all, if not every Christian I've ever talked yes. to, views it like yes. that, just like that. Yes, but that's like a Western American yes. understanding. Yes. But sorry, go on. No, yeah, exactly. And so, I think the Lord's really been changing my view of of His will, mm-hmm. especially in Bible classes and learning, just learning how to read the Bible and stuff. Like that is not what it that means right uh, uh, like it can mean that but i think in the bible and scripture like it most of the time it doesn't um when it says the will of god it's talking about jesus and yes. us knowing jesus becoming yes. like jesus believing in jesus and so for me like it's i pastor steve my pastor growing up used to always say like um i would talk to him about sports i love sports and he would say corbin like baseball is what you do, it's not who you are. Yes. And so really it's wrapped up in identity for me. Like this past year, it's just been kind of rethinking my identity and it really has nothing to do with what I'm doing or where I'm at or, or who I'm doing it with. Like as long as I'm remaining in Jesus, then that's enough. And I, I thought of this verse in Galatians chapter four, Paul's talking about like our, our sonship, our, our identity as childs of, of kids as kids of our father in heaven mm-hmm. and our bondage to sin. Um, but in verse six, he says, because you are sons and daughters, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, father. Therefore you're no longer a slave, but a son or a daughter. And if a son or a daughter, then an heir through, then an heir through God. And yeah. so when you said co-rulers, like 
that's 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 what we were made for. Yeah. And so No, yeah. yeah. Um and I I so this is the number one. This is why episode 1 is this question what am I doing with my life? This is the thing I get asked the most as a college pastor. Like Kevin, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And then we'll we'll wrestle through it. Um some of you may have heard me say before you know, like like Corbin said, we think of God's will as like this job, this state, this city, this church, if we're going into ministry, um, whatever, with this person, right? But I, I've come to this understanding that God's will is not a place he wants us to be. It's a person he wants yeah. us to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like if we attach God's will to a specific place in life, there, I mean, there's just so much anxiety yeah. and confusion over it. And it's so just like, modern privileged way of thinking because when you think about the early church like they weren't wondering what career am i going to have what college degree am i going to get they're like are we going to get our heads chopped off today yeah are we going to get crucified today really jesus is inviting us to trust in him and one of my favorite verses of all time proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 6 right trust in the lord with all of your heart and you know the the ancient people knew the heart as as the place of um your will, your desire, your plans, who you are. So trust the Lord with your plans, your desires, all of that, um, and lean not on your own understanding. Yet when we're at, like trying to figure out what we're doing with our future, here we are trying to get more understanding, yeah. and we're thinking that understanding will give us more peace. But that is an illusion. It just gives us this illusion of control. Mm -hmm. So trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your understanding, but in everything you do, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Yeah. So Jesus is saying, trust me with your plans. Trust me with your desire. Trust me with your identity. I'll figure out your path. That's good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, I was actually, so for those listening, like I have a two-year-old son and um, he's really into puzzles right now. I never liked puzzles. Are you guys puzzle people? I love no. puzzles. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay, like, what, what's the biggest puzzle you've, like, done or will normally do? Mm. So I'm more of, like, I'm going to sound so old. I like Sudoku. Uh, no, That's mind cool. puzzles? Yeah. No, I love That's mind cool. puzzles. Yeah. Like, the Wordle, I do the Wordle every yeah. day. Yeah. The crossword I'm talking, like, jigsaw day. puzzles, though. Are you guys, like, jigsaw? Those are okay. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I don't have I'm, the patience I'm, for them. Me man. neither. I don't even yeah. like starting. Like, yeah. looking at all the pieces apart gives me so much anxiety i'm like yep. it Which gives me this feeling i don't so want to funny do that. because i can get really overwhelmed yeah like, just picking up like we're, i'm in c.s lewis right now yeah, fiction yeah, works yeah. of c.s lewis and i went ahead and got the narnia the chronicles of narnia book oh my yeah gosh. but i got all seven in one book yeah and just picking up the book i'm like i can't i really? set it right back down it's too overwhelming yeah but, yeah like laying out a puzzle i'm like okay let's it's stressful get isn't it? let's go oh really no i love oh, it oh that's cool no. that's what i'm saying it's like ironic i'm not like, like that i get so overwhelmed really easily but you can lay out a puzzle and i will sit there throw me on some netflix and I'm that's good really to go. cool yeah. i'm i'm not like that but i've been getting into puzzles because wilder's into puzzles mm -hmm. and um you know these past few times we we dump all the pieces out of the box and he just like looks defeated a little bit at first and he says i don't know what to do and like because he he keeps looking at the box and what it's supposed to look like mm. and um i said Bub, we, we only got to start with one piece at a time. And I was like, it all, all clicked for me. Like, we're always trying to, like, approach this big picture immediately instead of just taking it and being present to one mm -hmm. thing at a wow. time. Mm -hmm. And I told Wilder, like, okay, well, let's connect these two together. We have that. And then, oh, look, we have this piece, and it comes together. But sometimes he's trying to get ahead of himself and trying to connect too many different parts of the puzzle all at once, and he gets frustrated. 
And I realize a lot of our anxieties, we're trying to produce this picture for our lives. But that is that's very clear that God is a God of process. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, why does it take so long for a tree to produce? Mm-hmm. Why does God have seasons? Yeah. You know, God is a God of seasons. And when you understand the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible from a Jewish perspective, that is very clear. God is a God of process. And so I think a lot of our anxieties come from the fact that we're trying, we want the picture and trying to attain the picture without putting the pieces together with our father, mm-hmm. like while there is with me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I just thought that was very, that's such a freeing moment. And um, so the question is like, if, if God fails our expectations that we create for ourselves, we are kind of dooming ourselves. And um, something that the Lord has been trying to teach me is this phrase, surrender your expectations. Mm. Surrender your expectations. Um, because we're, we're, I don't know. I don't know, if, I don't know if this is just me, if you guys have struggled with this. I'm always trying to um, control the outcome, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. even in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, the Lord really is inviting us to surrender our expectations for our lives. And it starts with just being present. Mm. So, um, Sydney, did you have something to share with that question? What am I doing with my life? Um, I mean, you were talking after Corbin, and I was like, that kind of sounds similar to what I was thinking. Really? Like, reading the prompts before we had come in, and I was like, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. I'm playing volleyball in college. Lifelong dream. That's a blessing. I get to study ministry. We get to go to a school where we can freely talk about Jesus. Yeah. Um, but I was sitting here thinking about all the things that I'm involved in and not necessarily I, that because I'm involved in them, but because I'm involved in them, I get to spread the good news. Yeah. I get to be on your serve team for wor- yeah, your worship do. nights. Um, I get to be an FCA captain. Yeah. I get to be my volleyball team's chaplain. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to study ministry. I get to do all of these things. And it's not because I want to just stack up my resume. I want to stack up you know, get all those jewels on my crown when I get to heaven, but it's more so because that's what I love to do. And I think it's in my heart that I get to serve God. Yeah. And that's how I'm able to serve God with my best, with my best intentions. Mm. Um, and I remember like I was doing community service um, with, I think, CP last semester, and I wasn't at my best. Mm. And, and serving is my spiritual gift. Mm. I absolutely love serving. I would go and do community service every chance I get. That's awesome. Um, but I, yeah, shout out, Hoel. Um, I, it was my first community service I ever did with through MACU, not just like through volleyball, because my, my freshman year, all my community service came through volleyball. Um, and I was not at my best. And I told myself that. I told CP, I said, I'm not at my best. I can't, I can't serve you right now. And not because I can't serve you, but I can't serve this community that we're trying to help because I'm not 100%. I have the worst attitude about this right now. So much negativity. And of course, all we were doing was pruning tomatoes in the garden. That's all we were doing. We weren't even conversing with any community in this area. It was just Mackey students in the garden. And I told myself, like, if I can't prune this tomato with the best attitude, I should not be here. Wow. And that's just like, I'm super hard on myself anyways. But I yeah. was like, 
that's not what God expects us to do. Obviously, we're not perfect. We're going to have our hard moments, but like, I'm here to serve the Lord and I'm here to serve this community that I have, I know nothing about this community, but I can't do it my best. So yeah. let me leave, come back another time and try again. And I did. I ended up leaving. I said, CP, I can't. I was there for probably an hour and a half. I said, CP, I got to go. Um, I can't give you my best right now. I can't give this community my best. And she said, that's completely fine. I completely understand. And I left. And on my drive home, I just prayed. I said, what? What did I do wrong? What do I need to do better? What can I give up? What, like, what, what, what? Essentially, what can I do, God? What, what am I doing? Or what can you do for me? Yeah. Like, what, what can you do to show me what I need to do, if that makes sense? Yeah. Um, so it was just, it was a hard process, but I think what I'm doing with my life is that I get to serve those around me. Yeah. And whether it's walking from my dorm to my classroom, I get to smile at somebody on my way there. And that to me is an act of service. Yeah. I have no idea what other, other people go through throughout the day unless I talk to them. And sometimes, you know, I'm a little late to class. So like I, <laughs> I got to give them a smile and that's the best I can do in that moment. Um, but I think exactly what you were talking about is what I'm doing with my life is not necessarily like, what I am doing, my behaviors and my actions, but what I am doing as the person God wants me to be. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because we in our like modern American culture, which if you're listening to this podcast, you'll hear me say that all the time. Um, Make but, a bingo card about it. Right, literally. <laughs> well, it, we, we reverse it in our culture. We, we want to be this thing, so we will do the things mm -hmm. to become that thing. Yeah. So, but what we don't understand is that behavior precedes, I mean, sorry, identity precedes behavior, yeah. not the other way around. It comes out of who we are. Yeah. They're fruits to who we are. Um, and so, I mean, I, mean I, I really appreciate that you have this heart of, God, you deserve my best. Um, but I'm just curious because there are days, guys, like even as a pastor, all I have is a mustard seed. Mm -hmm. That's all I have. Like, um, I remember in my preaching class um, here at Mackey, they call it homiletics too. Um, one of my classmates preached over the mustard seeds and he gave everyone a small bag of mustard seeds. And he said, every time you choose to be faithful instead of doing what you want, like dispose a mustard seed. And by, by the time you have an empty bag, you'll see how faithful you've been in little things. Mm. But I love that message and idea so much. I didn't throw out a single seed. And it's been four or five years since that class. I still have that whole bag because it's just a reminder. All I need is to give Jesus my mustard seed. Yeah. And um, I think sometimes, I'm not saying this is what you were doing, um, but we can be people who, unless we have all of our ducks in a row, we're going to be still. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I wonder if part of that comes from like your athletic background. Or, or just, I mean, other things. And I'm not saying any of that is bad. Like, I can appreciate so much someone who cares so deeply about how you're serving. Because yeah. I think that's so important. Um, but I will say this. Even if you are begrudgingly pruning tomatoes, mm -hmm. you are still being um, of service. Yeah. Um, despite your attitude. And I think that's huge. Because there are going to be a lot of times 
um, for you guys and anyone listening, you're not going to want to serve. You're not going to want to love. You're not going to want to forgive. You're not going to want to show compassion or mercy or greet your enemy. You're not going to want to do any of those things, but it's not about what you want. It's about who you are. This is who we are. Um, but I'm I'm really glad you guys are are wrestling with this thing as 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 you always will. Um, you might think because you're in this transition season of like in between I'm I'm not a child anymore I'm growing into adulthood that there's this anxiety. It's definitely more prevalent. It continues for the rest of your life if you're always wondering about God's will in the context of what am I doing instead of who am I in Christ. Jesus says in John chapter 15, right? Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branch, you can do nothing without me. And um, really what wipes away the anxiety is I'm just being present right now. What does your faithfulness look like right in this moment? And um, we are just people of wanting to get to the next step and sometimes the next step up, but that's only going to produce anxiety and um but yeah i mean do you guys have any questions or just comments or thoughts about that yeah when sydney was talking i was just kind of thinking about like what produces anxiety and i think for me a lot of the times it's just the future yeah and the yeah, uncertainty absolutely. of it which does not exist yet exactly and like just the uncertainty in general and i remember this one time my discipleship mentor uh i was just went to him and i was struggling and just being honest with him about the anxiety I was having about the future. Yeah. I didn't know was what to hap- what was gonna happen. I didn't know what to do. And and he he looked at me and I said, Corbin, why are you why are you worrying about the future and dwelling in the past when you're in the present with the Alpha and the Omega? Mm. Like the beginning and the end. That's that's the God we serve. And I was like, Man, that's so true, but it's so hard. Like so hard. And so and and so just like that uncertainty, and then I saw this this quote one time, can't remember who it was by, maybe Corey Ten Boom, but she said, we can trust an unknown future to a known God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, like, yeah, I don't know what the future looks like, but I know God, and I know he's my father. I know Jesus, and I have, know the Holy Spirit. So like just just that idea of like, it's okay to not know. In fact, I think it's good. I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that. I have a quote that um, I learned from somebody. And once once I say it, if they listen to this podcast, they're going to know exactly (laughs) who they are. Um, I'm not going to tell you where it came from. But um, she always told me depression lives in the past, peace lives in the present, and anxiety lives in the future. So good. Mm. Wow. She wrote it on a card for me. It hangs on my wall. And you're, mm. you walk in my room and you're like, why do you have that on your wall? And I'm like, read it. <laughs> like, read it and just dwell in it. I love that. Because it's so hard. Like, when she handed me the card and I read it, I mean, I broke out in tears. I was like, mm, that got me right in the heart. But it was so good. Because it's so real. Yeah. Like anxiety comes from the future that we know nothing about. Yeah. My biggest fear is fear in the unknown. I can do heights. I can do dark. Kevin, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm afraid of the dark. <laughs> I, I am too. <laughs> I'm I'm afraid afraid of the dark. <laughs> um, but I can't do the fear of the unknown. Interesting. I can't do it. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I really love that. Was such a good quote. 
Thank you for sharing I'll, that. I'll text it to you. Don't worry. Please do. And, you know, actually, two things. Linda actually, she and I wrestled with this question yesterday. You guys know in the um, in the Hebrew Bible where they create symbols, like let's say like the golden serpent, that you if you looked at it, you would be healed. And then like you just have a lot of stuff like that throughout the Old Testament. If you do this, if you build this, do you wonder if God gave those commands for him or for us? Like we needed things to see to interact with an unseen God. Mm. Like we, we were like, we just could not be content enough with the invisible God that we needed signs. Mm. Because if you see in the, the gospels, that's the first thing the Pharisees told Jesus. If this is who you say you are, give us signs. And Jesus rebukes them for that. Yeah. Because you notice like in, in it's so unique to the Hebrew God that there are no images made of him. In fact, what is the image of God? Jesus. That and? Us. Us. Mm. You're looking at him, is what he's saying. Wow. You share my likeness for wow. community. You share my likeness to serve this world. And um, so I wonder, like, God has so much mercy. Like, we're like, that's a weird thing. Look at the snake. God, why would you do that? I saw, me and Linda were like, what if God did that for us? That, like, we are just so unfaithful and so untrusting that we need things to see. I don't know about you guys. You guys ever like get really anxious? Like, God, if like this is what you want me to do, like make this happen like this. Now know you're talking yes. to me. Yeah. We're the same. Like we've never changed as people. Yeah. Still um, grasping at straws to 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 trust God who has been faithful our whole lives. Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah, and but if we're being present, I mean, like. I like what C.S. Lewis says. He says, we always think about eternity in the future, right? Like after I die Mm -hmm. is how we think about Mm -hmm. eternity. But that's a very non-Jewish way to look at eternal life. Eternal life, we think of it as a quantity of life. They view it as a quality Mm -hmm. of life. That eternal life was something you can have right now. And Jesus offers that to us right now. And so C.S. Lewis says that um, eternity is in the present because that is where God is. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, that's just so encouraging to me because yeah. we're always like, I want to make heaven, I want to make eternal life. Jesus is offering that right now, a quality of fullness and wholeness and not wantingness, right? Yeah. And so when we think about life like that, it's like, man, what am I stressed about? Yeah. <laughs> it's like God, God is offering me this peace, wholeness, purpose right now. Mm. And I, um, I wish we could just keep talking, but I, I really want to commit to keeping these podcast episodes relatively shorter but um our purpose in life in any season really is found in genesis chapter one in the creation story and uh, god creates everything and when you um and we can i mean that could be ours just genesis one in itself but when you really look um i've read just historical commentaries on the way um the space we're living in is set up was almost created for us to live on it. And scientifically speaking, like I've read accounts that if Jupiter was one centimeter off its orbit, there'd be no life on earth. Mm. And like, we're like the, the right amount of distance away from the sun. And it's just all these things. And right. God separated the earth from the sea so we could be on it. He created the sun so we could have life. Like all these things, you create vegetation. So we have food. And um, like I said, we could dive into Genesis 1 for a really long time. But he, on the sixth day when he creates all of us, um, well, starting with Adam and Eve, he calls us good. And the word good in Hebrew doesn't just mean not bad. Um, it also means like desired, 
peak of wealth created to last for forever. So when people come into my office, like, I don't know, I'm trying to figure out my purpose. So well, purpose isn't something you find or create. It's something you receive. And that purpose is you've been created to have a relationship with your creator. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about it like this, guys, purpose by definition means um, the reason for which something is created, which suggests there needs to be a creator for there to have a purpose existent. But like when you think of the purpose of the microphones we're speaking into, the creator of the microphone said it's for us to capture sound. The creator of the chair said, oh, it's for us to sit on a space. The creator of the car is for us to get to point A to point B. We, we understand this logically except for ourselves as human beings. Mm-hmm. And so we have to look to the creator by definition at what our purpose is. But God is saying it in Genesis 1, you've been created to have a relationship with me. You've been created as the peak of my wealth. You've been created just to be present with me. And you don't need to um, earn a single title, degree, dollar, or any sort of influence to have worth or value by me. In the church, I feel like, you know, people sometimes are told like, you're a sinner, you're bad, you're going to hell without Jesus. And I'm not saying that's not true, but Genesis 1 makes it very clear the message is God wants you and created you to love you and to have you for forever. The hard part is realizing that it's your choice to respond. Mm-hmm. So love um, is a two-way street. It is. And God in his mercy gives us that choice mm-hmm. to like do life with him. Mm-hmm. He's never going to force anyone to he's be a, a Christian. He's a gentleman. My pastor at home yes. always says God is a gentleman. He's <laughs> he never going to mm-hmm. force you into yeah. anything that you're, you don't want. Mm. But he does grieve. Depends who you ask. Yeah, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, we won't go there. Um, But according to Grins from um, Creative for Community. Yes, (laughs) I love that book. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. But God's not going to coerce you into anything that you don't ever want to do. Right. And He will be there and he will desire and wish and love still, but he's never going to push you into anything. Right. He'll just grieve. (laughs) <laughs> and and so people view like life with God as like this like religious set of like um, code of conduct. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm telling you, man, you are missing out on actually like this beautiful wholeness of life. Yeah. Like a like just a beautiful life of um, you, there is so much freedom in obedience because you are living out who you were created to be, not by just following rules. Mm-hmm. Like it feels good. It feels right to to live in um, the way God has called us to. And we think like doing whatever we want. I, Hannah Brumfield said this the other night at our event, Questions and Coffee. I'm so glad she did. She said, there is no freedom in a life of self-indulgence. But that's so counter-cultural. Our whole life is about seeking more self-indulgence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's this paradox that happens like we actually only find freedom in the Christian life through surrender. Yeah. And so surrender your expectations and there's so much freedom there and there's so much presence when you do that. So, but yeah. Um, Do you guys have anything else you think you would like to add? I was just going to say, speaking of choice, um, one of my other favorite Bible verses that I've shared with you before um, is from Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something mm. done for the Lord and not for people. Amen. Uh, verse 24, knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord, you serve the Lord Christ. And so I think whether it's 
working behind a sound booth or it's a a campus pastor or it's baseball or volleyball or it's what did you do work with tomatoes or whatever it was I like was pruning tomatoes yeah, yeah, you, yeah like whatever you do do it with your heart and do Prune it for, for Jesus. the lord yeah so you um, know we need to be pruned come on <laughs> hey there you go um but yeah i love that verse that's kind of been another verse that yeah. i've looked to multiple times um just in any decision that i have to make it is it going to be a or is it going to be b um just make sure that it glorifies God. Well, it's interesting. I love that you brought that up because the word glory in Greek means reputation. And so when I was a server at a Mexican restaurant in Oklahoma City while I was a student here, I wanted to be the kind of server that worked in a way, and not just like the how hard I worked, but like how I worked with my heart, that it would make people question that there's something different about Kevin. Mm-hmm. And you know what it did? I didn't... And, some, some people may disagree with how I went about this. I never walked around telling people I was a Christian or never invited anyone to church. Um, I prayed for them before I walked into the restaurant in the parking lot. And I asked for, I begged Jesus for opportunities to talk about Jesus with my coworkers. And then I walked in and sought to be Jesus in that space. Mm. And then people would just, I would just be friends with everybody, even though they would talk about like, um, they would invite me to parties or like to go out drinking with them. And I was like, nah, it's okay. I appreciate it though. Cause I know to them, that's just them being friendly. And then they would ask me like, what's your story? Like, what do you, do you go to school anywhere? I'm like, yeah, I'm actually trained to be a pastor at this Christian college really close. <laughs> like, and oh. they would be shocked. Mm-hmm. Like, you're a Christian? I'm like, yeah. Like, and someone said, yeah, he literally never cusses. I'm like, I'm not saying that's what makes <laughs> me a Christian. Like, oh my gosh. And, um, and, and they're like, why, why are you not like anyone? I was like, so I'm not trying to be a Christian. I'm trying to be like Jesus mm-hmm. and like, and then this, you know what, Kevin, like I've actually had questions about this. I haven't been to church in a long time. And then like just my heart and just me being present and my prayers gave all these opportunities to talk about Jesus. And like, this is all God. But one of the girls who like, she told me like she was far away from the church. Her dad was a deacon and beat her mom and cussed her out. She told, she said, I would never go back to church. And then I said, okay. And then we just talked a year later, after we both worked there, she sent me the certificate she got from her church. She just got baptized. Wow. And she said, if it weren't for you being obedient, if mm-hmm. it weren't you just trying to be Jesus and not just trying to shove the, the Bible in people's throats, I would have never gone back to church. Yeah. And I just started like ugly crying in my car. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, God, you're so faithful. But it had nothing to do with like me trying to enforce ethical rules. I'm like inviting people like, I live this beautiful life and I make like garbage money as a server but like, I'm so content because Mm -hmm. God is my portion. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But if you just like go to church and think other people should go to church Mm -hmm. and that's how you live life, Mm -hmm. gosh, what a miserable religion you follow, Christian or non-Christian. And so I'm so glad you brought that up. So yeah, I think even how we handle our purpose in life will show others like, because guys, like if you're a Christian listening to this and you guys in this room, people are watching you whether you think so or not. Mm And um, how are you remaining faithful amidst the anxiety? And number one is being honest about it. So anyway, that should do it for today. Thank you guys so much yeah, for being yeah, thank here. You. Thanks for having um, us no, of course. I'm really excited. But um, we're, we'll be, our goal is to post every Tuesday. But um, thank you for whoever is listening. And I hope this has helped you wrestle with your own questions about what you are doing with your life. See you later. Thank you.